The story just happened about a year ago, like October 2013, and it was pretty fucking out there, even for me. I was about 20 at the time this occurred, and I am a female. So last year, I moved back in with my dad after having lived out of state for some time. At the time, my stepmom, little half-sister, stepbrother Jay, his girlfriend Cam, and her child Leela were also all living there. My stepmom has a way of just letting people live in my dad's house, and my dad has no balls and doesn't say anything until something big happens, which it always inevitably does. So not long after I moved in, my stepbrother was kicked out for illegal activity, but Cam and Leela stayed with us because I think to my stepmom, Cam was this perfect person, and I don't know really. Side note, Leela was Cam's daughter, but it was not my stepbrother's kid. No relation at all. Now Cam was about 18 at this time, and Leela was a little over two. Cam and I became loose friends because we were living together, and I would help babysit Leela when Cam had to go to work. Eventually, we both got boyfriends. She started dating a guy she had met at work and I started dating someone I knew from high school. I thought her new boyfriend was great, but the terms of him visiting was weird. He was legit visiting his girlfriend, who was living in her ex-boyfriend's parents' house. Kinda weird, but whatever. So little by little, I started noticing my stuff disappearing. Small stuff at first, like socks or panties, mainly thongs. The kind of stuff you just assume gets lost in a wash. But then my perfume started going missing too. Suddenly jackets, dresses, shoes, jeans, and bras were also missing. Now sometimes I would find things in her room, and other times she would suddenly appear with them after I mentioned not being able to find something. On days, I would come home and find a large amount of stuff missing. Cam would make up wild stories about Jay breaking into our house when no one was home to steal girl clothes. Yup, she tried to get me to believe that. Even went as far as bending out a window screen and breaking the window lock to try to prove this. This honestly wasn't even the most extreme thing Cam did to try to get me to believe her insane stories. Eventually, we got into a big argument because my brand new car had been messed with and I basically accused Cam of going through my car and taking my stuff. Now while Cam was younger, I was somewhat scared of her. I'm very thin and petite so I don't put up much of a fight. But Cam was taller and stronger and had already struck me on another occasion prior to this. So in retrospect, an angry accusation was probably a bad idea since it was just us and one of her friends home. Cam threatened to beat me senseless among other colorful things and I eventually backed off and left. Things went back to normal for a day or so until one night Cam literally freaked out because her boyfriend was out of town and I was hanging out with my boyfriend so she had no one give her attention. Now when I say freak out, I mean, Cam started claiming she was pregnant by her boyfriend in an attempt to make him come home. 
problem was, Cam's boyfriend was going to school to be a doctor and knew that since she was still recovering from a personal medical condition, it was literally impossible for her to be pregnant, especially not for the amount of weeks she was trying to say she was. So he called me and had me search the house for a supposed pregnancy test, which is disgusting by the way, but I couldn't find one. So he confronted Cam over the phone about it, and she admitted she was lying because she wanted him to come back home. I'm going to add that he had literally been gone for less than six hours at this point, and that he was visiting family a few hours away. So he told Cam he'd be back in a couple of days, and things seemed to settle down. Cam seemed to calm down, and I went to bed. Later that night, Cam's boyfriend called me again, going on about how Cam had called him, threatening to kill herself, unless he came home right then and there. But that his car was messed up, and it was like 1am, and nobody was going to give him a two-hour ride back home right now. So I go in Cam's room, and she's laying on her bed in the dark, and she has a pill bottle in her hand. She's rambling about how she wants to die, and that she wants her boyfriend, and that if he doesn't come home, she'll just kill herself, and she doesn't care that Leela wouldn't have a mother. Well, I freak the fuck out and wake up my stepmom, who basically yells at Cam to throw up any of the pills she's taken, and then goes back to bed. Great family, right? So yet again, Cam admits to lying about the pills, and was just hoping her boyfriend would come home to her if he thought she was trying to kill herself. But since he didn't, Cam calls Jay to come pick her up and rides off with him, leaving Leela behind. I put Leela in my parents' room in her playpen, and then I left because I was fucking done. But apparently, Jay dropped Cam back off later, and her boyfriend, who had finally gotten a ride into town, finds Cam cheating on him with Jay. They got into a fight, and then I guess Cam started with the suicide thing again. So her boyfriend called the police and had her baker acted, which is basically where they lock up people, threatening self-harm in a psych ward for 72 hours to get them to calm down. So here's where it gets kind of crazy. So after Cam got baker acted, myself and two friends went through Cam's room and found a lot of missing stuff from all of us hidden away and sometimes even stuffed in Leela's diaper bags or toy boxes. One of the friends also warned me and then went and showed me that Cam had mixed a topical ingredient I was severely allergic to in my body wash, which would have hospitalized me for having that kind of exposure to it. Cam had also peed in my shampoo and body spray, put blue dye in my toothpaste in an attempt to dye my mouth blue and put a green dye in my conditioner in an attempt to get me fired for having an unnatural hair color. Thankfully, I hadn't showered at home in two days, so none of it ever got used. The toothpaste I had noticed beforehand and went ahead and replaced both that and my toothbrush without using it, which turned out to be a good thing because supposedly, Cam also had thrown my toothbrush in the toilet. But here's the icing on the cake. Cam worked at a hospital and had somehow gotten her hands 
on one of those drinks that like empties your system. Kind of like a laxative, but more powerful. I think it's like the ones they make you drink before having a colonoscopy or something. She had planned to put it in my drink next time I left my drink out just to make me really sick because I had accused her, rightfully so, of stealing my stuff. Cam also tried to tell people my boyfriend was coming on to her and talking to her behind my back, which was a total lie. The amount of charges I could have filed against this girl was insane, but I opted not to because my dad and stepmom didn't think it would be morally right since Cam was obviously not okay in the head or whatever. I was also pretty pissed that Cam's friend had waited until Cam had gotten locked up to tell me about all of this stuff and would have knowingly let me get sick and possibly die because of what Cam was tampering with. But if you think it ends there, sadly you're wrong. The day before she got out of the psych ward, Cam had been calling me and the same two friends begging us to come pick her up on the day she was getting released. However, we all agreed that it was in our best interest not to do it. So lo and behold, her release day comes and nobody showed to pick her up. I must have had eight or nine missed calls on my cell phone alone from her, and I have no idea how many times she called the other girls. One of the other friends did text me though, to say that she had finally given in and called the psych ward, but by the time she called, they told her that Cam apparently left with a random guy who had a family member in the psych ward. The friend also warned me that Cam was probably going to try to come to the house. This was the same friend who had been in on the tempering of my items and stealing of my stuff, so I was a little torn of whether or not to believe her. But I decided to go around the house, locking all the doors and windows, and closing all the curtains and blinds. I seriously doubted she would be dumb enough to come to my house after my parents had called the psych ward and told them that she was no longer welcome at our address and that when she was released, they needed to make sure she went to her mother's house a few towns over as we had already sent all of her stuff back to her mom. But still the same, I wanted the house to be secure since I was home alone. While either Cam didn't get the memo about not being allowed at our house, or she got it but just didn't give a fuck. It's about 10am in the morning and I'm sitting in the bathroom straightening my hair when all of a sudden I hear someone pounding on my front door. It startled me so badly I dropped my really super hot straightener. It wasn't just a one time hit and then it stopped. The pounding continued on without an end almost rhythmic. Now, my bathroom is on the other side of the house from the front door, so once I recovered from the initial shock, I flipped off the bathroom lights and ran into my bedroom. My theory was that if the house looked empty, maybe Cam would have given up and gone home. My car was in the driveway, sure, but I often left my car behind to ride carpool with co-workers or my boyfriend would pick me up to go out. It was probably stupid of me to think she'd just give up. But you can't blame a girl for hoping. Well, pretty soon, Cam's pounding became relentless 
She started yelling as she was pounding. Being on the other side of the house, I couldn't make out most of what Cam was saying, but I was really hoping the doors held up to her fist. We had those stupid mostly glass double door front doors, and I was beginning to wonder if Cam would consider breaking the glass just to get in the house. So I frantically started texting my stepmom and dad, asking them what I should do. Of course, no response there, since they were both at work, over an hour away from home. So basically, I'm full on panicking, trying to decide if I should hide and wait it out, or call the police. My boyfriend worked night shifts, so he was still asleep, and I felt completely, utterly alone. Like I had never felt so terrified and alone all at once. The feeling was pretty indescribable. After about 20 minutes, the pounding stopped, and I think maybe Cam has given up. I started to stand up from where I had been crouched, when suddenly, I heard, I know you're fucking in there! Open the fucking door! Followed by more pounding, but this time, it was coming from my bedroom window. Cam was literally feet away from me, only separated by a glass window which was thankfully covered by a heavy curtain. But I was beginning to think Cam would break the window. When I didn't respond to her pounding on my bedroom window, Cam moved down to the side of the house and tried the bathroom window, and then switched back to the front door in like record times, like she must have literally been running laps around the house in order to pull that off. This went on for probably another 20 minutes or so, I was beginning to wonder if the windows were going to withstand her pounding much longer. Then suddenly, it got really quiet. Her yelling turned into soft whining, like she was going to cry. Please just let me in. We were friends, and I don't understand why you're doing this. She started to say something else, but then she laughed like an evil, sickening laugh. Like she couldn't keep the act up anymore. And then it got completely silent. Taking advantage of the silence, I moved out into the kitchen. So I could have access to an escape route should I need one. You see, my kitchen is like the center of the house. From the kitchen, I could easily get to my garage door, the front door, and the patio deck doors. Not only this, but I could easily get into what was once Cam's room which also had a door to the patio deck in it. Now I didn't dare try running for my parents' room, as I would have had to pass the front doors to get there. But I was really wishing I could, because that's where all the guns were. Not that I would have shot Cam, but it would have been really nice to feel somewhat protected. Suddenly, the silence gave way to the loud slam of the back gate, and I realized Cam is now on the patio deck. I held my breath as Cam went and checked every door, including the one that went into her former bedroom. She actually spent a fair amount of time on this one, I guess hoping it would break loose, or maybe there was some trick to it that I didn't know about. But when that didn't work, Cam started screaming. She wasn't really saying anything, just yelling out sounds really. It was honestly quite eerie and I remember feeling like I was in some sort of twisted horror movie. 
I heard our heavy metal patio furniture getting thrown around and the sound of glass breaking as one of the tables connected with the concrete. There were also a couple of splashes as a table and some chairs ended up in the pool. I thought for sure that a chair was going to come flying through the sliding glass door any minute. But then as quickly as it had started, it stopped and I heard the back gate slam shut. It got silent again until I heard a strange scratching sound. It took me a minute to figure it out, but I realized Cam had begun to fiddle with the window in the bathroom that was attached to her old bedroom. It was one of those foggy shower windows that are somewhat small and closer to the ceiling than your average window. In an instant, I realized Cam had probably dragged a chair or table out back to stand on in order to reach the window. I knew it was locked. I had made sure that window was locked, hadn't I? I suddenly began to panic as I realized I couldn't remember if I had checked that window or not. Not to mention, Cam had already broken this lock once, so who was to say she couldn't have done it again? But I could still hear her huffing and yelling in frustration, so I was hoping she was struggling with it and wouldn't be able to break it a second time. I had now moved back and was cowered down directly next to the door that led to the garage. This one was the one place that was close to an exit while also providing decent cover from all the windows. I felt safer knowing she could not see me here, but also knowing that I had an escape route right there if I needed it. It had gotten quiet again, and I desperately yet stupidly hoped Cam might really have given up for good. I pictured huffing and stumping back to whoever was waiting for her and telling them to just drive her home to her mother's house. My stomach turned and suddenly felt sick as I realized she could have help. It would explain her getting around the house so fast and the ability to throw around such heavy furniture. I had completely forgotten that there was some random guy out there with her. I began to feel scared that if I did need to run for it, that he might be waiting out there somewhere to grab me. I began to rethink my escape plan and started thinking that maybe my hide and waited out plan was much better. All of this was interrupted when I heard the single most terrifying sound I had heard up to that point. You see, the handle on the door that led to what had formerly been Cam's room had gotten broken the night of her insanity and you now had to fiddle with it to get it to open as the doorknobs didn't properly line up. And that's the sound that I was hearing. Someone was shaking the doorknob ever so softly and quietly, but forcefully trying to get the door to open. I strained my ears as Cam struggled with the doorknob before finally, with a small click, she succeeded in opening the door. I realized with terror that I was now in the house with Cam and I had no idea if she was armed or what she would do if she found me cowering in the corner by the door or if she had that guy with her. In retrospect, I really had no idea on much of anything. Without waiting another second, I burst through the door to the garage while simultaneously slamming my hand on the button to raise the garage door. 
I tucked and rolled under the door before it had risen completely, scraping my knee in the process. And as I got to my feet, I saw a beefy guy standing by a truck near the edge of my driveway, watching me. He began to take a step towards me, and I took off running. I sprinted between houses and up into a golf course where I was literally in the middle of all the golfers, not that they give two shits about a half-dressed crying girl. Once there, I called a 911 and then collapsed on the golf course as I waited for the police to show. They came in without sirens and asked me to walk up to the gatehouse at the front of the neighborhood to meet me before they searched my house. As I walked up towards the gatehouse, I saw a truck driving out of the neighborhood and the guy driving kind of tipped his head in my direction and sped up past the cops. It happened too fast for me to get a license plate number and when I told the police, they sent a singular cop car after the guy. But as far as I know, with no license plate, name, or much of a description other than white male driving white truck, they never caught the guy. Unfortunately, this is where it gets anticlimactic. My stepmom showed up, having read my text messages, but didn't respond. She flew in the neighborhood past me and the cops, and she was soon followed by Jay. I was told they went in the house and found Cam ransacking my room while brandishing a kitchen knife. They calmed her down, and then my stepmom went outside. My boyfriend had showed up at this point, so he drove me back up to the house behind the police who were still fully prepared to search the house. When the police strode up into the driveway to search the house, my stepmom made up some lie about how she told Cam she was allowed to go to the house and that she had forgotten to tell me about it and that I had overreacted because of the way Cam acted the other night and that I was prone to anxiety and being overdramatic and blah 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 bullshit. I have never wanted to hit my stepmom more than I wanted to that day. She basically just made me look like a complete fucking idiot to the cops. My stepmom had Jay take Cam to her mom's house and the cops basically treated me like I was a waste of their time and a stupid kid for calling the cops. They told me something like, check with your family first before calling us next time and left as if I hadn't sent multiple text messages to both my stepmom and dad. The cops around here aren't known for being amazing anyways and they basically proved to me how incompetent they were that day. As for Cam, well, she got away with it all. She cyberstalked me for a while on Facebook and Instagram. Nothing threatening, but made sure she knew what I was up to and made sure I knew that she knew. One day about a month later, she actually did come back to the house to let my stepmom babysit Leela. While she was in the house, she and her friend stole some more of my shit like just to prove she could, I guess. Supposedly, she was telling people I didn't deserve the things I had and that she didn't feel bad taking my stuff because I had too much stuff that I didn't deserve. After that one, though, my stepmom told her to never come back to the house and cut contact with her. Recently, I heard Cam conned some guy into marrying her after dating for like a month and they moved across the country to be near his family. Ironically, they moved into a town that is literally about 45 minutes from where my biological mother lives. 
so I guess there is a small chance I could see her again. But I haven't heard anything from her in almost a year now. Her friends that still live around here will occasionally say some shit to me about it or try to stir up problems. But I recently moved in with my boyfriend, so Cam no longer knows where I live, and I've changed my phone number. I deleted all my social networks except for like Reddit, but I did take an extended break from my account, and that's pretty much that. Cam, I'm sorry we ever met to begin with, and I hope you're getting the psychiatric help you so desperately need. Let's not meet again in the future. Years ago when I was in second grade, my parents one Monday morning finally felt confident in allowing me to come home from school by myself and stay home without a babysitter until they came home. That morning, my father gave me the house key, showed me the emergency numbers in the yellow book, and gave me instructions on what to do if stupid things happened like the house catching on fire. After school that day, I came home put the key in the door and walked into my open house. I felt free and felt privileged that I was finally a big boy and that I could now be home on my own. Needless to say, I kinda got caught up in the moment and ate tons of ice cream while watching Terminator on VHS since my parents would never let me watch anything over PG-13. Around 5 o'clock, I heard the doorbell ring. My dad told me to never answer the door by myself, even if they were home. I walked into our family room where I could get a good view of who was there. Maybe my dad was getting a package or something. I saw a middle-aged man standing there in a dark black jacket that I've never seen before. He rang the doorbell again, and I expected him to leave after no one answered. After a third ring... I saw him walk down the steps and assumed he was leaving. I went back to watching Terminator when I noticed something outside my kitchen window. The man was walking in our backyard for some odd reason. I felt scared for my life since some stranger was on my property. I ran under the kitchen table and grabbed a cordless phone from the counter and proceeded to call my dad's work number. My dad answered and I explained how some strange man was in the backyard and was not proceeding to try and open our sliding door. My dad told me to stay where I was and call the neighbors. He would call 911. I told my dad I loved him and he said he would call me immediately after he called 911. Before I could call the neighbors, the man was able to somehow open our family room window. I feared for my life and ran to the bathroom and locked the door and called our neighbors. After about 30 seconds, I heard my neighbor running through our house, shouting my name to see if I was okay. She said how she saw no one in the house and we stayed in the bathroom until the police arrived. The police conducted their investigation and told us they found some fingerprints that matched a recently released convict who was previously put in jail for breaking into homes. After that day, my parents did not leave me without a babysitter until I went to high school. Every week, I wondered what happened. Did he run when he saw someone was in the house? Did my neighbor scare him away if he heard her yelling? Needless to say, 
After that day, and even after I was allowed to stay home without a babysitter, I never stayed home alone. I was either at a friend's house or an after-school program until my parents came home. I still feel unsafe being home alone. Never in my short life had I ever considered the concept of actual fear. I loved horror movies. My father was constantly renting them for me, despite my mother's protest. I loved that sort of fear. The tingle in your stomach when the music starts to get tense and the character in the movie does not see something behind them and you're anxiously awaiting the climax of the sudden jump. That is a fun fear. What I felt that autumn night when I was eight years old was much, much different. I grew up north of Toronto in a really beautiful town. We had a gorgeous, big two-story house that even now, 17 years later, I still consider home in a strange way. It certainly was not a small town by any means. It wasn't quaint, wasn't the sort of place that everyone knew each other and no one locked their doors. In general though, it was safe. There was the occasional stranger danger stories that would circulate about kids seeing someone in the forest or ravine areas that surrounded parts of town. Being a family of all girls, we were taught the basics. Always lock the doors, never talk to strangers, never accept rides. Where the maple tree leaves started to turn amazing reds and oranges, and it would get dark much earlier. It was around 8 o'clock and the sun had already fully set. My parents and oldest sisters were all out, leaving my middle sister Kay and I home alone. Kay decides she wants to have a friend over and wants us to walk and meet her halfway. It was realistically only a five minute walk to get there, although at the time it seemed like a huge adventure. However, Kay could not find her house key. We searched and searched for it, but no luck. While she continued searching, I remembered my parents kept a key hidden in the garage for emergencies. In this particular house, there was no door directly connecting the garage to the house. You had to open the actual garage door to get it, or there was a side regular door. Since I had no key, I opened the garage door. I remember very clearly finding the key, and as I got to the keypad to close the door, I saw headlights. I anticipated seeing a familiar vehicle, seeing my parents or sister arriving home, but that is not what I was met with. Pulled halfway up my driveway, about 10 feet from where I was standing, was a beige Montana minivan. I heard the slight sound of a window rolling down and a car door opening. My eyes finally focused on the figure of a man, one arm fully out the window, along with his torso and head. He held the door ajar too, easier access to jumping out if he decided to. He was a big man, completely bald, like shaved down to the skin, shiny head sort of bald, and he had this thick soul patch on his chin. It was probably only a few seconds, but it felt like an eternity until he finally spoke. I remember there was this lightness to his voice. I think at the time, I probably took it as a friendly tone, but as an adult now, I wonder if it wasn't a more sickening excitement he may have felt 
at the opportunity he saw. Are you home alone? This is the fear I was talking about. A muscle stiffening, stomach churning fear. This is the sort of fear you see in horror movies where the person is too afraid to move. That physically freezing fear is what I felt. I was eight years old and tiny. I had no chance. The garage was empty. The driveway was empty. No cars. No signs of any adults. No hope. It felt like I was outside of my body. Watching this happen to another little girl. It wasn't happening to me. I couldn't be kidnapped or hurt. That sort of stuff doesn't actually happen. I heard this weird echoing noise come from somewhere. My body's still frozen. It wasn't until he was hurling himself back into his vehicle and squilling his tires as he violently reversed out of my driveway that I realized my sister had opened the front door. I am assuming he didn't want to take a chance of who could have been opening the door, so he took off. My parents eventually came home, and the police came, and we filed our report. Nothing came of it. No man was ever found, and the stories went on in our neighborhood of the occasional other creepy encounters the other kids had. I have no idea what may have happened had my sister not come to the door at that moment. I try not to think about it too much. I try not to imagine what a grown man in a minivan could have done to a tiny eight-year-old girl.